beautiful friend. Welcome to the Heart of the Home podcast. I hope you find these messages as a light in the darkness as we talk about all things trauma, mental health, motherhood, and everything in between. I'm your host, Bethany, a trauma therapist and mama four, and my mission is to give you the tools to heal the trauma, befriend your brain, and heal even the most broken parts of you. You are the heart of the home, my beautiful friend, and it's time to discover who you were called to be. Welcome to another episode, or the next episode, I should say, on season two of the Heart of the Home podcast. I'm so glad you're here today because we're going to be chatting a little bit or a lot about understanding and healing trauma. Now, of course, this is a big one in the field that I'm in and with the kind of work that I do with my clients, being able to understand and heal the trauma is huge. Like it takes up a huge portion of what our healing looks like and how we navigate it and manage it and learn to do things a little bit differently. So I hope you are somewhere comfortable with a glass of water or a cup of tea or a coffee. And if you haven't already, be sure to grab a journal and a pen because you may want to take some notes down for this episode. Firstly, I want to briefly or officially maybe (laughs) re-officially, if that's even a word, uh, introduce myself and share a little of my story with you because it's important for you to understand and know what makes me qualified to teach on the topic of healing trauma. Well, let me share with you a little bit about my story. So I'm the founder of the Essential Home Collective. I founded my private practice over five years ago now. Although I wasn't always working with women who had experienced trauma, I started out working with women who experienced a lot of anxiety in their life. Now, of course, now I'm a trauma therapist and I'm also a mum of four and my own journey of healing trauma led me to where I am now teaching and guiding and counseling and supporting others to reduce the impact that trauma has had on their life. So over the years I've experienced my own my own lot of trauma uh, through major depression, generalized anxiety disorder, postnatal depression, antenatal anxiety, seasonal affective disorder, sexual assault, disordered eating, relational and attachment trauma and neglect. That's a lot. (laughs) That's a lot there. Many of my issues began obviously in childhood with little to no support. And I kind of just fumbled my way through trying to find any and all ways to fill in the void in, in my life. And that was throughout my life. So I founded the Essential Home Collective over five years ago, as I mentioned, supporting women to heal the pain in their life through their anxiety and managing their anxiety. And now I get to do this really beautiful deep work healing trauma So I continue to serve men and women in trauma recovery. Um, I won't give you all the boring details, but I just want to share a little boring statistic with you. Again, my nerdiness, (laughs) just so you know how prevalent trauma actually is today. So did you know that over 41% of Australians over the age of 18 have experienced at least one traumatic event in their life? with the most common being domestic violence, physical or sexual assault. That's almost 50% of the population. Like those numbers are absolutely insane. 41% of Australians over the age of 18 have experienced at least one traumatic event. That's completely wild to me, although not surprising at the same time. So you are not alone. 
in your struggle. There are so many others suffering from the impact of trauma. I also want to share that those who had a traumatic experience are actually three to seven times more likely to develop a mental health condition compared to those that had no traumatic experience at all. So not just twice as likely, but three to seven times more likely to experience a mental health condition if they've experienced trauma. That's terrifying, right? Those statistics are absolutely insane. So let's just take a moment to understand what trauma is. Because before we can begin to heal, we must understand what trauma is. We need to know what it is, what it looks like, how it presents and how to manage it and how to navigate it. If we have no understanding of what trauma is and what it can present as and what it looks like, then we have no way of moving forward. We have no foundation. So we really need to understand what trauma is. And there's so much out there, so much information. So I want to try and make it really specific and really... um, not vague. I don't want to make it vague at all. I want to make it really specific and really clear for you so you can understand what trauma is. And it does present a little bit differently for each of us. But basically, Bessel van der Kolk describes trauma in this way. He says, we have learned that trauma is not just an event that took place sometime in the past. It's also the imprint left by that experience on the mind, the brain and the body. So in other words, if any experience has left an imprint on the mind, brain, or body. It can be and may be considered to be a traumatic event. Now, what you may experience as trauma, I may not. What I may experience as something traumatic, you may not. And that is often why we have, you know, if you're in a family with siblings, you may chat with your siblings and they may have very different experiences growing up as what you have had. So we all interpret our brains, each of our beautiful brains is unique and we all process and interpret certain events and certain experiences differently. So we know that trauma is a response in the body. It's not just the event that took place in the past. It's a response in the body to a difficult experience that overwhelms a person's ordinary ability to cope. Now, we all have difficult experiences in life, right? We can't avoid it. But for the most part, those of us who have had healthy childhoods may work through those difficult difficult experiences in life relatively straightforwardly, right? There's not a lot of, um, there might be obviously intense emotions like grief and anger and frustration and maybe even rage, and that's all very normal. But when you've experienced trauma, going through those normal life experiences or challenges can feel as if your whole world is crashing in. It can often feel like you're re-experiencing the trauma all over again. So trauma overwhelms a person's ordinary ordinary ability to cope. Now, in a moment, we're going to be discussing the three physiological states that your nervous system enters into when you're feeling threatened and how your mental health symptoms may actually be trying to communicate what physiological states actually activated. But for now, it's really important that we understand that trauma is not a single event 
for people for for every single person it's various events it's depending on how your brain and how your body and nervous system processes that experience how it interprets that experience and that will be different for each of us ultimately we need to consider trauma as a response in the body to a difficult experience that overwhelms a person's ordinary ability to cope now i want to share with you a few ways that i began healing from trauma in my own life and I still continue to use these strategies even today and it's really just about coming back down to those three physiological states that your nervous system loves when it's feeling threatened and this is a really important part to understand when it comes to taming the trauma and healing trauma because our nervous system has beautiful ways to protect itself when something really difficult happens So this first state that our nervous system goes into when it's feeling threatened is this social engagement system. Now, this means that when we feel threatened or triggered as human beings, we first engage that social system. In other words, we reach out for help. We might call a friend or a family member. If you sort of imagine just for a moment, if I can put this really simply, imagine getting a really large bill or a traffic fine or something in the mail and you kind of just enter into this instant state of panic. You would call someone to say, oh my gosh, guess what just happened? Guess what I just received in the mail? How is this possible? Blah, blah, blah. Right. You go through this sort of um, response in reaching out to someone for help to try and process what's just happened. Same goes if you had an argument with a family member. You might call a friend or your partner or husband or your wife or someone close to you to sort of process this with, right? So it's engaging that social system. That's an automatic response. We don't even think about it. We don't even realize that we do it. But this is a normal and healthy nervous system response when we are feeling threatened or triggered in some way. If this fails, if we're unable to call someone for help, or if we're unable to reach out to that person who we're close to, then our nervous system enters into the fight or flight response. Now, many of you may have actually heard of this response before. You know, it's talked about a lot in the mental health field. So this fight or flight response is where that anxiety and sometimes even the rage is activated. So it's preparing our body to fight the threat or fight the thing that's really scary or run away from it. So that's the flight part of it. If you are able to support yourself through this fight or flight response, so, you know, you notice the anxiety or you notice the rage come up, you're really angry about this conversation with a family member, or you're really angry about this ticket that you received in the mail, or perhaps you get a lot of anxiety about, oh my gosh, how am I going to pay for this? This is not what I needed. This is the last thing that's meant to happen right now. Then, then that's all part of that fight or flight response. And it's important to be able to support yourself through that, right? But that's not always possible because we don't always have the tools that we need to, to work through that rage and that anxiety. And it's not something we're learnt, we're taught in school. It's not something we learn at home most of the time. We have to kind of figure that out for ourselves. And what can happen is that fight or flight response is, is basically, it basically sort of takes over. It becomes how our how we function and it's almost like we are driven in that fight or flight response so if we're unable to work through that and we're unable to escape from the threat even in this fight or flight activation state then what happens is our nervous system begins to shut down 
our nervous system begins to collapse. And this is where the freeze or collapse response is then activated. And our bodies literally shut down. We might no longer be hungry. We might no longer be thirsty. We might even start to sort of numb out because we have not been able to escape the threat through the fight or flight response. And so our nervous system has to figure out a way to protect itself from this really scary thing, from this threat or from this trigger. So it does that by shutting down in order to protect itself. And I'm sure many of you have experienced this shutdown mode. I certainly have many, many times, especially when I'm feeling really overwhelmed and really overstimulated, right? Or triggered in a really big way. So let's go over these briefly one more time. So if you are in that first state, the activation of the social system, you'll want to call someone for help. And I want you to start noticing when you're feeling activated in this way. So when you're feeling threatened or when you have sort of been triggered or you notice even the anxiety, you might even notice the anxiety first. You'll want to connect with someone and call out, reach out for support. Okay. If this fails, then you know that you're about to enter into that fight or flight response. If you're not able to call someone for help and process whatever has happened, whatever that experience is for you, then you'll likely go into the anxiety, panic, anger, or rage, right? And that's the fight or flight response. This is when that second state is activated. Once you're already in that state, you know that that state's then what's been activated. If this too then fails, as I said, your body will go into that freeze or collapse response, which is that third state. And and this means you quite literally shut down. So your logical mind goes off when you're in this third state and your emotions sort of shut down and sometimes even your physical body begins to shut down, as I mentioned. So with this first state, we really want to engage that social system and ask for help. So, yep, that means actually reaching out to someone safe and letting them know that you need some support when you notice that this is um, this sort of state is activated because of a threat or something that's really terrifying or overwhelming. And like I said, you might notice the anxiety first and that's absolutely okay. You can then, once you notice the anxiety, you can still then reach out for that support and activate that social um, engagement system. But as humans, we're actually not designed to be in isolation. We're designed to be in a community, in relationships, and it's it's in our very nature. It's 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 the foundation of who we are as human beings. So this step is actually really crucial for our healing and often underlooked and or overlooked, I should say, and undervalued. We must activate this system and engage it, engage that support when it's needed. So in other other words, understanding that your brain needs connection in order to to thrive, not just survive, but to thrive is really, really crucial for survival. So we've really got to take advantage of that and utilize that social engagement system. So that second pathway, if we're not able to engage that social system, that second pathway is the fight or flight response. Now, that's going to be activated if we're not able to um, engage in that social support system. Okay. Once we're in that fight or flight response, we must learn to reduce it. We must learn to reduce that fight or flight response and calm down the nervous system if we want to avoid going into shutdown mode. Now, research shows us that the only way to truly do this effectively is by utilizing our breath. So this is where we get to learn to anchor ourselves and ground ourselves and and focus on your breathing and slow it right down. We really want to slow the breathing down. And I often do this in my counseling sessions with clients. This step cannot be skipped. We must learn to do this breathing 
and to slow our breathing down if we're going to be able to manage this fight or flight response. Um, Breathing is a really powerful tool for healing trauma. And it's often, it's, there's so much research that is done on this, that's been done. Um, but we've got to learn how to use the breath to slow down the nervous system. So that's a really key part in being able to manage the trauma and tame the trauma is using your breath to slow down the fight or flight response. Now, the third strategy I wanted to touch on, um, and this is obviously for the freeze collapse, the freeze or collapse shutdown state. So if you notice that you're not able to soothe the anxiety or soothe the panic and the rage, and you're just constantly in that state of activation, then you might notice that your body's starting to go into that freeze collapse or shutdown state. Now, like I said, many of us have felt what this is like. This is where we mindlessly scroll social media for hours just to shut the brain off, or we binge watch on Netflix, or we might just isolate ourselves in our room and have no motivation to do anything. We literally just want to crawl up in a ball and go to sleep and never wake up, right? This is that shutdown, shutdown state. Now, this might be okay for a short term. For a short time, this might be okay. But for the long term, it's only going to prolong healing. So we really want to support our bodies and our nervous system to get out of this shutdown state. Now, remember, we need to be able to feel if we want to heal. And we cannot possibly heal if we're shutting down our feelings and shutting down our experiences and our thoughts and and the sensations in the body all the time. So becoming aware of the numbing sensations in the body and moving through that is part of healing and taming the trauma so the key part here when it comes to that shutdown state is really firstly acknowledging that that this is the state that you're in really being mindful what your body's doing and understanding okay this is this is what's happening to my body I'm noticing that I'm really starting to shut down I'm mindlessly scrolling I don't want to do anything I have no energy and no motivation so this is likely when that shutdown state is activated so firstly just acknowledging it is really really important the next thing you want to do is really notice those shutdown sensations in the body notice how the body kind of feels numb You feel everything, but also nothing at the same time. Just notice those feelings and notice that that they're there. That's really important to know and understand and be aware of those feelings when you're in the shutdown state. Because if you don't even know that you're in that state, then how can you possibly move through it? Okay, so I really want you to start just paying attention to that state that you're in and the mindlessly scrolling, whatever that numbing looks like for you or that shutting down looks like for you might be different for each of us, right? But there are common ways that we enter into that shutdown state and what that looks like. So being mindful of that is really, really important. So the first thing is reaching out for support. Let's just do a quick recap, yeah? Reaching out for support, engaging that social system. The next one is using your breath to reduce that activation of the fight or flight response. So, so important and really needed if you want to heal from trauma. And then the third one is being aware of the shutdown state and those certain behaviors that you might engage in when you notice that your body's shutting down. Being really aware of the sensations in the body, being aware of your thoughts and being aware of those, um, the mindlessly scrolling, the binging, the isolation and the withdrawal, being aware of that. Okay. And allow your body to move through it because it's not going to last. That's a really key thing here. I want to remind you that those shutdown phases, that's shutdown state and those, 
you know, the binging and the mindlessly scrolling and the numbing is not going to last. It's just for a short time. And if you find that you're getting stuck in that, then that's when you really need to engage in some long-term support. Okay. So there you have it. There's three ways to tame the trauma and move through those three nervous system responses effectively. I still do all of these things today and I use each of these strategies myself and with my clients because they work so I hope you give them a try too and if I move through these too quickly I have a free masterclass that really goes into each of these strategies on taming trauma in greater detail so um, you're welcome to register for that and have access to the replay and I'll uh, obviously link that below this episode and if you register for the masterclass I'll also send you a summary of these strategies as well so you can keep them easily accessible for whenever you need now, I want to make this journey really um, not overwhelming, underwhelming. I don't know if underwhelming is the right word. Probably not. I don't want this journey to be overwhelming for you, but I know that's inevitable to a degree, right? But I want to really offer this support. So I'll link everything you need below this episode. And if you tune in to the masterclass, feel free to tag me on Instagram and let me know how you go with it. That's all for today. It's a lot in that episode, but I hope you really get something out of it. And I can't wait to chat with you next time. Take care, guys. Bye.